Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Welcome back to hour number two of today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you. On this football Friday, we got a lot of football to talk here in hour number two. Thanks for sticking with us, whether you're listening here on the AM side at 1490, on the FM side at 104.9, or if you're listening via the live stream, which can be found on ESPNTucson.com. I appreciate you tuning in here to the Jeff Dean Show. I know that you have options on where to uh, lend your ears to get your sports news, information, opinions, slash entertainment, all that kind of stuff. And I appreciate you choosing the Jeff Dean Show as we try to keep it local and uh, obviously live here every single day, at least uh, while I'm uh, able to. And uh, and uh, we'll be talking lots of, like I said, lots of football today. Um, here in hour number two, still got plenty of stuff to get into. We might, we might get into some NBA, but I think I'm probably just going to wait until the playoff seedings come out uh, as there's still a few teams that are going to have to be moving around, moving some places and things like that. Uh, but the, the Phoenix Suns, of course, solidly in with the number one seed, uh, setting the new franchise record for victories with 63. Not sure if they'll get another one. Don't care. <laughs> so uh, the uh, the Suns are going to be in action again, though. And, uh, of course, we are your home for Phoenix Suns basketball right here in Tucson, right here on ESPN Tucson. We're also your home for Arizona Diamondbacks baseball. So uh, excitement last night as Seth Beer gets the walk-off on National Beer Day. Arizona football had its final spring practice of the season, the uh, the spring session, if you will. It was practice number fourteen of the uh, of this practice of the uh, spring session, and there were a lot of positives to take away from the fourteen practices that they had. And they talked with defensive coordinator Johnny Nansen, who has come in here and completely changed the scheme around, as you know, as expected. I mean, you know, Don Brown runs a very different scheme from a lot of people. Uh, you know, across the country, it's been very successful, and I thought last year that scheme was was vital to the, any of the success that Arizona had. Uh, to be honest with you, last year, this year they're they're picking up a new scheme. So as as is any case when you're switching coordinators like that and you're drastically changing the schemes, it is so important to have players with high IQ, whether it be basketball, football. Hockey, baseball, you know, whatever you're playing, it is so important to have players with high IQs, and that was the message that was very, very strongly sent yesterday in the post-practice interviews. Whether it was Jalen Harris and Christian Roland Wallace who took to the microphone yesterday, always good to see those those two kids. Man, they they are uh, they are just big bundles of happiness. As those two guys, man, Jalen Harris is one of the happiest kids you'll ever see. Uh, that dude is just, he's always got a smile on his face. He's always upbeat. And Christian Roland Wallace, I'll tell you what. Now, I saw C-Row last year about this time during the spring session. And, you know, when I was talking to the the uh, the scout from the Atlanta Falcons, we were looking at Christian. And, you know, Christian looked like a young college defensive back. He, You know, it's just he kind of had that that frame about him. And then one year with Tyler Owens, in that strength and conditioning program that they in, in, you know put into place there at Arizona, and I saw him yesterday on the camera, and I was like, "Who is this guy? Like, 
who took this person's shoulders and like photoshopped and like pulled them outwards and lifted them and put all these round muscles on these arms and shoulders and traps and his neck? I mean, like, I was like, who is this dude? Like, he didn't look the same. Like, I didn't, I would not have recognized him. I, I'll be honest with you. I would not have rec- recognized Christian Roland Wallace if I had walked past him yesterday. Would, would not have known who he was because he looks so different than he did last year at this time. Like, he looks like an NFL DB right now. Like, you look at him, if you, if you didn't see the if, – if you go to Arizona Wildcats on YouTube, first of all, follow him on YouTube. They, they post all the interviews and stuff there. A lot of great content there. Uh, Matt Enzor does a great job of keeping that channel rolling. They do fun little one-on-one sit-downs with athletes and coaches that are great watches. You kind of get you, you know, underneath – the the surface of of everything that we know about them and you get to learn new things about them it's it's a great follow if you watch youtube at all i mean everybody watches youtube right um but i i would not have recognized him like he looks so different <laughs> which is it's great i mean there's reasons why people are talking about him as being one of the top defenders in the entire conference uh coming up this season now the one central i i, I call it like it was like the 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 key word of the day yesterday at the uh, at the at the press conferences after the the spring practice the key word of the day was smart like jalen harris mentioned that there that he feels like the advantage of the defensive line this year that they that they have this year over certainly over last year's squad and in comparing themselves to some of the other defensive lines in the conference is that they're smarter this year like he said they're picking things up faster, that the defensive line is able to recognize fronts a lot easier. They've got a lot of experience on the defensive line. Between him, I mean, there's the, there's a lot of experience on that D-line, and that's that's going to pay dividends um, because recognition of fronts is so huge in college football where fronts can change. Um, and, and, look, Johnny Nansen, we, we saw this at UCLA, they do that pre-snap moving around. That causes false starts. It's been wreaking havoc against the offensive line here at the spring practices so far. So uh, it's already been been causing problems. There are a lot of false starts on that offensive line, which is driving Jed Fish absolutely crazy. But I get it. And th- that's what when we watched UCLA do it the last couple of years under Johnny Nansen. They would do that quick switch. They'd shift, and it would a lot of times it cost the offensive line uh, to you know to false start. If if Arizona can get a false start a game, one just one a game. Because of the defensive shift, that's huge. Like that's big stuff. That's pre-snap penalties. Those absolutely drive coaches absolutely nuts. We 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 know this, right? So, you know, having the 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 ability to recognize those things early and get yourself in the correct fit is so important for a defensive line. Jalen Harris said that their advantage this year is that they're smarter. Christian Roland Wallace, when they asked him, you know what what the success of this team is going to be, the first word he said was scheme. He says, the scheme is so important and our ability to recognize things quicker. Like he mentioned right off the top of his head, it wasn't like, oh, you know, we're just going to go out there and make plays or we got a, you know, we got a lot of fast guys or we got a lot of strong dudes. It wasn't that. Like those are the answers you normally get. Christian Roland Wallace, the first thing he said was scheme. He goes, scheme and our ability to recognize things quicker, earlier, that's going to give us an advantage. And Johnny Nansen, he mentioned IQ, football IQ, several times in the five minutes that he had with the media. So 
I think that is kind of the central theme, at least on the defensive side of the ball. They're very experienced on the defensive side of the ball, which is going to be you know huge for them. Johnny Nansen said that they, they you know they asked him uh, you know, they asked him about changing over to the new scheme and all this other stuff, and he kind of like he was like like almost incredulously was just like we've almost installed everything already. Like these guys have picked it up so fast that we've installed the entire defense for the most part already in the spring, which is shocking. If if you understand what it takes to bring in a new coordinator that's going to rescheme the entire one side of the ball, whether it's offense or defense. Okay? I think offensively it takes a little bit longer because you have a quarterback that needs to pick it up. It's really incumbent on the quarterback picking it up and then everybody kind of working in concert with one another there. Defensively, I think it's a little bit easier, but you also have – look, you play defense because you're, you're a great athlete. You know, they, 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 they always say that. They put the smart guys on offense, put the fast guys on defense. That, that's taking away from the smarts of the guys on defense, but it's the joke, right, that we, around football. Johnny Nansen said that they've been able to install the entire package. All their packages are installed for the most part. They're gonna, I mean, they're going to change some things throughout the, throughout the summer. They'll add some things. They'll put in some wrinkles. And, of course, they'll continue to teach them and learn new things throughout the season as the regular season goes along. But to say that, the, the, that everything's already been installed in the spring, that's impressive. That speaks volumes about the intelligence and the football IQ, which is so, so incredibly underrated. Uh, and underappreciated in in the world of football, to be able to have guys that work together, that are smart, that recognize things early, it, it gives you an advantage. And I think that's where Arizona is going to make their hay this year on that side of the ball. That and takeaways. Now, Jed Fish talked about it. He's he's mentioned it numerous times. We need to be able to take the take the ball away more. We we need to create more offense, more possessions for our offense. The defense did not do a good job of taking the ball away from other teams last year. They haven't done a good job of taking the ball away since Mike Stoops was here. It's just been the way Arizona football has been for quite some time. Johnny Nansen said that through 14 practices, he claims that the defense had 23 takeaways in the two-week session of, of practices that they had. That's a very, very high number. Now, granted, you're going against your own teammates – and stuff, but look, this is practice ball where the you know the ball rarely hits the turf, uh, you know, and, and mistakes are made, but you, know, you don't get that many takeaways. And uh, Christian Roller Wallace was was asked about that as well. You're like, you know, how important are takeaways for this defense? He goes, it's huge. Their takeaways are are going to be huge for this defense, and he's right because they're not a, they're not a defense. This is not Desert Swarm, right? They're not going to hold the opposing team to, you know, 17 inches per rush <laughs> like like the Desert Swarm defense did, right? They're not going to punish teams up front that way. They're not going to have a linebacking core that just runs sideline to sideline where you'll never be able to get to the third level whether you're running or throwing the football. That is not the case with this with this defense either. This defense is going to have to rely on their smarts, their experience, and the ability to make – take some risks and, and take the ball away from the other team. Takeaways are huge. And, you know, that's what Johnny Nansen is going to focus on, and that's what it seems like these players are going to focus on as well. J.B. Brown had an interception in, in, the, in the practice yesterday. Hunter Eccles tipped the ball up into the air, and J.B. ran underneath it and grabbed the ball and started running down the field with it. 
Like, you get defensive linemen picking off passes, that's huge. Uh, that's, that's like stuff that doesn't happen very often. And uh, those are big takeaways that you need. So uh, Arizona's defense, I, I, I'm excited about the whole thing this year. Like, I was just talking with uh, Sarah Cazell yesterday. Sarah is our on-field um, correspondent essentially f- during games and stuff. Those of you who have been to the games, you know Sarah well. She's been there for several years. She does all the on-field promotion stuff, does a f- phenomenal job. Um, she's a great alumnus of, of University of Arizona and uh, love her to death. And was talking with her yesterday. She sent me a text and she's like, how geeked up are you for this season? I was like, I go, I'm like, I have never been so geeked up for a team that I'm sure is going to go, you know, finish on the on the bad side of their of, of a win loss percentage in my entire life. I don't expect this team to go out there and win eight games, nine games, ten games. If they make a bowl game, that would be remarkable. And for so many of these guys, Jalen Harris talked about it in his in his press conference yesterday, in his time with the media yesterday. And he said the last time I went to a bowl game I was a red shirt freshman. And I didn't get to play obviously because I wasn't wasn't eligible. It was in two thousand seventeen. He hasn't been to a bowl game. I'd love to get Jalen Harris to a bowl game. Every, all the blood, the sweat, the tears, the effort that he's given to this program and this school, absolutely I'd love to get him to a bowl game. <laughs> but we talked about it yesterday, folks. There's a gauntlet this year, man. That is a really tough schedule. They're going to have to earn it. If they, if they get to a bowl I mean, if they get five wins this year, that's going to be very well earned because they're going to be – they'll be underdogs in 11 of the 12 games they play. And, and there's a chance, depending on what happens with Colorado, that they're a dog in that game too. So, who knows? I mean, it's, it's an uphill battle for this team right now. But they're, they're, you can tell there's a lot of confidence in the team because not only do you have confidence from the guys who were there last year, this, and this is so important, folks, the guys who were here last year and who have been here for the, you know, throughout the years understand what this year looks like. They, they get it. Like, they're not – you know they're they're not just saying, oh it's another season. These guys understand what they have in front of them. They can see the light at the end of the tunnel where there was no light before. So you're getting a a, a boost of confidence from the guys who have been here. The guys like the Jalen Harris's and the Christian Roller Wallace. I mean all the dudes that have been here for that time. You have this sudden injection of confidence from players who have excelled. Wherever, wherever they've been before, whether it be in the transfer portal, guys like Jaden Delora, of course, freshman offensive player of the year. He brings a lot of confidence because he's played in this league before. He's thrown for nearly 3,000 yards in this league. He gets it. He, and he, he was extremely successful uh, at, at his previous position as quarterback at Washington State. Brings that confidence with him. Then you got guys like Noah Fafita and T-Mac and Kean Burnett and uh, I mean all the guys that were that were at the high school level winning championships or or playing for championships at the high school level that bring their sense of confidence. You got guys like Jacob Cowing who led the conference in receiving before transferring uh, to Arizona, to, uh, transferring out of conference to Arizona, who brings a ton of confidence with him. Confidence is so important now. This team going to get smacked around a few times. That's just that's just the nature of the beast, folks. Don't expect this team to go out there and just you know it's it's to get you know to get over our skis would be uh, would be an issue for you know not again. I'm just cautioning fans to you know to to limit your uh, you know limit yourself as far as your expectations go for this football team. But I'll tell you what, it's going to be fun. 
and we're going to watch them grow this year, and that's going to be the most important thing. We're going to see them grow. And to be able to hear the things that I heard yesterday, not only yesterday, but in the previous 13 sessions coming out of there, and some of the things, some of the takeaways, not only from uh, the media, but also in talking with coaches and players and such, they they are all, and this is so important, and, and you know, it, this is every coach talks about this, right? Every coach you've ever had is like, we all got to tug the rope in the same direction. This team is genuinely doing that, and and I'm uh, I'm very excited to see tomorrow what they look like. Um, hopefully, we get you all out there. I know it's going to be a warm day, but look, the game's at noon, so come on out, enjoy yourselves early. And I thought it was funny. The players are like, well, you know, what do you what are you playing for? Well. Um, the winning team, whether it's the red or the blue team, the winning team gets to eat at the preferred uh, food trucks that are going to be on hand, like some good food trucks that are going to be there. And the losing team gets franks and beans, <laughs> you get hot dogs and hot dogs and beans. So there's a lot at stake because we're talking about college kids, man. Like they want a meal. Hot dogs and beans are like, all right, well that's every day for a college kid. You get to eat at the uh, you know, fancy food truck if you win. Yeah, that, that's there's a lot at stake there. Also, Johnny Nansen read it near the end of his of his press conference yesterday. These are little things that I pick up on. And I talked about it earlier, competitive fire. People who the will to compete is is just so vastly underappreciated, I think. And and it stands out. Winners winners elevate themselves because they compete. Johnny Nansen near the end of his press conference yesterday they asked him he was asked what team he's coaching and I think he said blue regardless of what team he said he's coaching he said yeah I'll be coaching on the blue team and he stopped himself right in the middle of a sentence he goes we better win everybody's got that feeling like whether the players are playing for the option of eating at uh, eating at a, at, a, at a fine food truck as opposed to eating franks and beans or for the coaching staffs to have pride in winning a scrimmage, a practice is all it is. Uh, it just shows you the competitive nature of, the, of this team. And I, I love to see that kind of stuff. And I hope you guys are out there tomorrow to go check it out because it's free. So come on down and uh, watch this team play because there are some there are some good players on this team that are going to get a hell of a lot better. And uh, we, uh, we owe them our support for all the hard work that they've put in in these last few weeks of the spring session before heading to summer and then getting into the fall session as well. So come on down tomorrow noon at Arizona Stadium. Arrive early and enjoy all the festivities. There's going to be a ton of alumni. Khalil Tate said he's going to be there. Khalil uh, tweeted out yesterday he's going to be back at Arizona Stadium for the first time in two years. And Jed Fish said, we may have to find a jersey for you. <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> Khalil Tate running, uh, running some offense out there? God, he was electric, man. God, that guy was just lightning in a bottle. He is fun to watch. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When we return, we'll talk some NFL coming up next. You're listening here to the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Just a quick update of the Masters. Looking at the leaderboard here. Sung Jai Kim through six is even today, so he's still staying at uh, five under. Dustin Johnson has birdied 
One of his uh, one of his holes is uh, one of his holes earlier th- this morning is uh, gone par on the rest. He's one under through four. Uh, Bubba Watson, two under through seven, right now. So he's making a little run. He's now at one under for the uh, for the tournament. John Rahm, two under after his first three holes. So two birdies on the uh, on the first three, or maybe it was uh, I could have got an eagle, but I probably would have made headlines by now if it did. Um, but uh, he's at two under through three. So there's a couple of early movers. Um, people moving uh, down in the standings. Looks like we may have uh, we got a couple guys at plus one, plus two, but nothing, nothing, uh, no, nobody above the cut having a real bad day so far. But uh, a whole bunch of guys set to tee off here real soon, and uh, we'll see what the, what they look like. And of course, you can stay right here to ESPN Tucson for those updates as well. Now, I didn't mention this yesterday, but two more coaches have joined the Brian Flores lawsuit against the NFL, alleging that teams have had racist hiring practices. Now, one of them was a coach who was not hired, and then another one is a coach who was hired and then fired after one season. And I want to specifically talk about Steve Wilkes. Now, Steve Wilkes was the Arizona Cardinals head coach for the 2018 season, and was fired after one year to so that the the cardinals could uh could bring in cliff kingsbury now i i don't i don't know if if steve wilkes is kind of like upset about being fired for the you know the one year that he was here and he's alleging that the cardinals engaged in the uh the racial you know the the, the uh, i guess um you know shorting in the shortage of of uh, fulfilling their, you know, their hiring practices as far as uh, minority coaches or whatever goes, uh, but nonetheless, I will tell you this: uh, Look, I was covering the Cardinals at the time, and things were about as bad as you can imagine uh, for a for an NFL program. It was it was complete deer in the headlights for Steve Wilkes, and and sometimes it's understandable for a coach in their first season to have some setbacks, to have some moments where they were like, oh, you know, I didn't realize that there was this aspect of it. But there was really, really basic stuff that was just being, like, completely ignored. And stuff that was, and I don't want to say, like, purposely being swept under the rug or anything. It's just he didn't know any better. And so when the opportunity came to sign Cliff Kingsbury as your head coach, a guy who had head coaching experience and is going to bring an exciting style, and with Kyler Murray sitting there, the you know the, the dynamic quarterback that he is to be able to play in Cliff Kingsbury's off- offense, I mean, that was the most obvious of obvious choices to make. So I'm not sure if, if Steve Wilkes is going to be bringing allegations of being fired after a season into that because certainly – um, that's not much of a leg to stand on, considering his time here with the Cardinals. But certainly Ray Horton, he you know he does have uh, he he does have a beef. He he has a legitimate gripe. He was an assistant in the NFL for a long time. Uh, he interviewed for head coaching jobs. It took him about twenty years to start interviewing for head coaching jobs. Now again, maybe that's on him. Maybe that's on the NFL. I you know I don't know. How long does it take before somebody jumps into the head coaching ring? Look, there, I, I know plenty of guys who have been coordinators in this league who were just completely content at staying at coordinator position. Uh, I mean, Dick LeBeau was the greatest defensive coordinator probably in the history of football and never once even entertained the idea of being a head coach. Like, 
didn't care about interviewing for head coaching jobs. He was all about the defense. That's all he cared about for the Pittsburgh Steelers for the 50 years or whatever he was there. Um, I mean, he's just he was just that guy. I remember talking with Todd Haley back in the day when Todd took over the head coaching job for the Cardinals. And, you know, Todd and I got pretty close, and, um, you know, we would talk about his dad a lot and stuff like that. And, and you know, his dad was, a, was a, is an excellent scout, a really good personnel guy, and a good coordinator as well. Never interested in taking a head coaching job. And Todd felt like maybe he should kind of extend the, the, the Haley legacy by interviewing for head coaching jobs. He kind of felt like he was more uh, of a head coaching material. And then after it was all said and done, he kind of realized, like, I should have just stayed in my lane. I really enjoyed being a coordinator a hell of a lot more than I enjoyed being a head coach. And some people are just that way. Some people find out the hard way that being a head coach was not the right decision for them. Some people know right away that being a head coach is not the right move for them. I don't know what Ray Horton's deal is, whether he spent the 20, it was 22 years in the NFL as an assistant before even, even jumping into the interview circle for head coaching jobs. But in 2016, he interviewed with the Titans and has now decided to jump in as part of the lawsuit because he wasn't hired by the Tennessee Titans that year to be their their head coach. I, I, I certainly hope there's a lot more proof than just saying I didn't get hired, so therefore I'm bringing you know, I'm bringing a lawsuit against these teams for inappropriate hiring practices. I certainly hope there's a lot more proof than just. I didn't do my job well enough, and so I got fired, and therefore this team is in violation of you know of of my you know of the the the, the things that I'm protected of in this world. It's <laughs> it's a slippery slope, and you know as we get more information coming out of this, we'll you know we'll have some you know we'll have some more things, and I, I may even bring on. Uh, somebody to talk about this. Somebody who has has been uh, digging into these, you know, these the legal aspect of the whole thing. But nonetheless, two more have jumped in to this uh, this fight. Look, and I'm not against the cause by any stretch of the imagination. I, I I think it is extremely important to have equality across the board. Absolutely, 100% imperative for any company, any program, any uh, corporation. You got to have equality. Period. End of story. And it's not just because there's pressure on you to do it. It's the right thing to do. Okay, so I'm fully on board with this. But if your argument is, I didn't get hired by this one team, and now I'm, I'm now I'm claiming racism because I didn't get hired, you better have you better have some more ammo than just that because that's going to fall on deaf ears real quick. And if your argument is I was hired by a team and then fired after one year because they're racist. I, I, I'm sorry, that's not a whole lot to stand on, folks. And the Cardinals organization, for uh, for quite some time, has been very progressive in the in the realm of diversity, not only in you know on the field as far as like coaching positions and stuff go, but also behind the scenes as well. Lots of people and decision makers in that organization that are women minorities I mean, they, they've been they've been they've done a good job of of hiring and, and keeping the equality practices going there at, the, at that organization so if it's one organization that i'm familiar with that extre- extremely familiar with that i've been inside and out of that building for the last 18 years it's the arizona cardinals 
and I, I, I didn't see anything like that. Again, I'm not behind closed doors in the meetings and things, so, uh, you know, maybe, but uh, I'd be surprised. I'd be real surprised. And I hope that, that Steve Wilkes has a, a, a better leg to stand on. And maybe maybe his beef isn't even with the Cardinals. Maybe it's with, uh, maybe it's with other teams. But the Cardinals have now been named in that lawsuit, so I'm guessing that's what Steve Wilkes is alleging. So we'll see. I'm not a fan of it. Uh, I think, you know, eventually people are going to have to take responsibility for their own, um, not actions, but take take responsibility. Like, if you, if you got fired, it's because you suck. Like, sorry. And this, you know, this is a league, it's a fast-moving league, and this is a fast-moving world. And business owners don't have time to waste on somebody who they think is just not ever going to improve. You move on quickly. You have to. If you don't, you're going to get you're going to get completely run over. You're going to get steamrolled. And as much grief as we give Cliff Kingsbury for the the way that he coaches that football team and every football team he's been the head coach of down the stretch, we you know like we we've, we've beaten that dead horse to a pulp at this by this point in time. Uh, th- there's there's no question in my mind that the Cardinals are a better organization right now a better team with Cliff Kingsbury as their head coach than they ever were under Steve Wilkes. Period. End of story. So, you know, call it what you will, racism or just ineffectiveness. I hope he's got a better leg to stand on than just I was fired after one year. Just put it that way. All right, we're going to take a timeout when we return. Still more on a Football Friday here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Oh, man, the NFL draft is approaching. I get so geeked up for the draft. I hope you guys, too. We'll have some uh, lots of draft coverage here coming up in the next couple of weeks leading up to the NFL draft. Super excited uh, <clears throat> because of uh, illness and things like that. I wasn't able to put together my top 50 yet. Uh, hopefully be working on that over the weekend, and we'll have something for you next week. And I, I do Essentially, I do my top 51 players in the draft. I do my top 50 just you know, based on sheer talent and, and impact alone. And then my 51st player is always a guy kind of like a sleeper that I feel like is going to have an impact in the league um, that may not be a top 80 or a top 100 player on other draft boards and things like that, like the, you know, the, the insiders boards, you know, Kuypers and such. Uh, but I always pick one of those guys, and sometimes I completely whiff, and sometimes I, I do pretty well on those. But we'll have that out for you. Um, I just I, I, I love watching college football. And I've watched a lot of it over the years, and it's kind of integrated itself into just getting ready for Christmas Day, which is the draft, the NFL draft. Uh, and this one's going to be interesting because, you know, I I know that there are plenty of teams out there that like quarterbacks that need quarterbacks, and this is a quarterback league, and there's a couple of intriguing guys, you know, in this in this draft as far as quarterbacks go. I I, I say this. You know, this happens all the time in in a year like this where we're not we're not excited we're not overjoyed about the quarterback class and then quarterbacks go two five seven and you're like what okay never mind I thought I I thought I knew what I was talking about here as far as you know this is a uh, this is a you know a, a tight ends and a linebackers draft or something like that or, you know defensive ends and corners you know which is going to be a lot of this year's draft by the way. 
Uh, at least so I think it is. I feel like I've learned my lesson, but I still think that that this is going to be a very, very heavy defense first round. And again, I say that, and it's ha- I've said it before in years where it should have been a heavy defensive first round, and all of a sudden there's a run on wide receivers. They go, you know, five of, of six picks in the middle of the first round are wide receivers. You're like, why did this guy get picked? He was projected middle second round, and now he's being taken 21st overall. Uh, you just never know. You never know what's going on in those draft boards. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors that happens between GMs and teams and coaches and such, and they express interest, and they'll bring in guys for workouts that they have no intention of drafting. They just bring them in because it's a smoke screen to keep interest off of other guys that they're interested in or to maybe drive other teams into interest. Like if, if you have a history of being great at drafting I don't know. Let's say if, if let's say you're you're great at drafting offensive linemen. You've got a history. You're a GM that's been doing it for 14 years, and you've sent you, you three drafted offensive linemen to multiple Pro Bowls. Okay, and all of a sudden you're with you're, you're with a team right now, and you bring in two offensive linemen to you know for for you know for a pro workout day, and there's another team in your division that is like kind of going to be drafting around you, maybe four spots behind you. And they also need help on the offensive line, and they're like, "Damn, this guy knows what he's talking about." He, you know, he's sent three guys to the Pro Bowls before. We got to figure out a trade and move ahead of him for one of those two guys. Whichever guy's available, we, we got to move ahead of them because they're they're going to steal it from us and they're going to turn into a Pro Bowl. I know it. Meanwhile, the other GM is like, "I have no intention of drafting either of these dudes. I'm just trying to get numbskull down the road <laughs> to trade up for one of them so that." we can take the wide receiver that we really want at our position. You know, I mean, there's all kinds of smoke screens that go on. I've had so many fun conversations with not just GMs, but uh, GM assistants, guys that are in, in, the, in the war rooms on draft day. So many fun conversations that I will not repeat uh, in a public forum, maybe not until I write my book. But um, <laughs> the, the, the conversations that I've had and the, the things that go on behind the scenes will – not shock you because I don't think anything should be shocking anymore, especially in, in the world of the NFL in regards to the NFL draft. But God, there's just some of these things like you hear it all the time, right? Like, players get interviewed, they get drafted. Okay. And you bring them in for an interview. I mean, we've done it before, you know, doing radio here in Phoenix and you talk to a Cardinals draft and the, the third round, you know, wide receiver from New Mexico state. And we're going to interview him on the radio next. And you're talking to him, and there's always the proverbial question: When did you talk to the Arizona Cardinals, or when did you talk to Team, you know, X Y Z? And they say, you know what? I never had a conversation with them. I never thought in a million years that this team was going to draft me because they didn't send anyone to talk to me at the combine. I didn't have a pro day. They didn't send any. They they had a scout at my pro day who didn't interview me, and they didn't bring me in for a, a pro workout on their campus. I had no idea I was going to be drafted by them. I didn't know until they called me 10 seconds before my name was announced on the TV. <laughs> like, you hear it all the time. That's the practice of the NFL. That's what these guys do. Hell, some of them are paid big dollars just to figure out ways to create these smoke screens. I'm not kidding you folks. There are guys on NFL payrolls whose only job is to scout the other team's prospects and figure out how they can mess with other teams in the division. I'm not kidding. It is real. 
It's it's the most fascinating it, – it, it is. It is the most fascinating event, non-sports event in the world. Like in, in the world of sports, non-game, non-competition where there's a score kept and all that stuff, like it is the most fascinating thing in the world of sports in that aspect. I, I love it, and we'll be getting into it real heavy uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks leading up to that NFL draft and the first 32 taken on that Thursday night. This baseball season, you can turn K's into cash, big hits into big wins, and home runs into real, real big scores with FanDuel Sportsbook because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with their risk-free bet up to $1,000. Now, this has been a promotion that's been ongoing through the leagues. They did it with the NFL, they did it with the NBA, and now Major League Baseball. It's your chance to get that $1,000 back in site credit if your bet doesn't win. Now, when you visit FanDuel Sportsbook for the first time, you'll, re- you'll realize immediately just how easy the app is to use and to navigate, that they offer safe and secure transactions all the time, tons of promotions, daily promotions. There's odds boosts, parlay insurance. And recently they've been handing out free bets to people, which is – that was, a, that was a, a pleasant surprise to me. And you can get generous cash-out offers from FanDuel as well. If you got a card that's you know, a five-leg parlay card, let's say, and the first four have come in, FanDuel is going to offer you a cash-out because they don't want to pay you the full amount, right? Like, hey, if we can save a few hundred bucks here, let's offer them a $400 on this $700 payout. Yeah, you can cash that in. It's, it's, I've done it several times, and I've thanked my lucky stars because something has happened like last night with the, with the walk-off home run, there were people sitting on the San Diego Padres as the final leg of their parlay on opening day, and they all lost if they didn't cash out. FanDuel offers you those generous cash-out offers. And when you win, you get lightning-fast payouts. You get, I mean, your account is paid in, like, minutes. Not hours, minutes. Now, if I had a risk-free bet up to $1,000, I would probably start betting some MLB futures. I would, like, maybe put together a division winner's parlay or a World Series champion. But... You can bet your way. Customize your bet the way that you want to. See for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sports book. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. Sign up using my promo code, DEAN, that's D-E-A-N, and get started with your risk-free first bet up to $1,000 in Major League Baseball this weekend, but using my promo code, DEAN, exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 21 and over in President Arizona. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit is required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable site credit that expires 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you think you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342. When I return... I'll put a big, bright red, shiny bow on today's Football Friday edition of the Jeff Dean Show. That's next, right here on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back. Final segment of today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Looking forward to a Fabulous weekend. Should be great down there. In Tucson tomorrow and all weekend. You know, enjoy the uh, enjoy the beautiful weather while we have it before it gets to be 120. And uh, go out there and check out some baseball as the <clears throat> baseball team taking on Washington State this weekend at the Juice Box. Games at Friday at 6, Saturday at 6, Sunday at 2. And, of course, Arizona spring football game tomorrow at noon at Arizona Stadium. Would love to see everybody out there. 
I'll be there up in, up in my uh, announcer's booth, 60 feet above the stadium, <laughs> six, or 60 feet above the field there. And, uh, yeah, looking through my binoculars at the game. But looking forward to it. Really, really excited about being there. I'll be there early tomorrow and uh, hope to see you all there as well. I don't know what's going on in the American League East, but a couple of uh, a couple of big-time stars on two of the biggest teams in the American League East are very disgruntled and are turning down large amounts of money. Uh, as it was discussed yesterday, Boston Red Sox offered their shortstop, Xander Bogarts, who is uh, probably one of the top two or three shortstops in the entire league. Uh, they offered him an extension in the offseason, but Bogarts turned down the offer. Now, according to team sources, he asked for a contract that would pay him alongside of Carlos Correa, who's making $35 million with the Twins, Francisco Lindor, who's making $34 million with the Mets, or Corey Seager, who's making $33 million with the Rangers. Now, I think Bogarts has probably earned, uh, you know, at least a, a, a portion of that kind of, that kind of stake. Uh, certainly, you know, to be $30 million plus, I think, in this day and age, but according to uh, according to Xander Bogarts, the Boston Red Sox have not come anywhere near offering that type of money. Now, today it is being announced because it's opening day for several of those teams that had to postpone yesterday. Teams like the Red Sox and the New York Yankees. Now, the New York Yankees all-star slugger, right fielder Aaron Judge, who imposed like a self-imposed deadline of opening day, basically to get a contract extension from the Yankees and Brian Cashman is turning down the Yankees' offer of seven years, $213.5 million, an extension where they were going to pay him $17 million in arbitration for this year, and then the seven years, $213, uh, it, would, it would be essentially <clears throat> six years, pardon me, six, six, six years in addition and a $213 uh, million pay date over those six years. So essentially $230 million over the next seven years, which Aaron Judge has turned down. He says, I'm not going to get into it right now. I think Cashman will have an update for you guys, but I got a game to focus on right now. So, I mean, he said, we have a deadline of opening day to get my contract extended, but now he's saying, well, uh, I got a game to focus on. He says, I'll see you guys after the game and we'll talk about it, but I think we'll have an update after the game. So, uh, I know that they've earned it in all this and it's not my not my business to talk money about you know what certain players should and shouldn't get and such uh but if you got a guy like Aaron Judge you got a guy like Xander Bogarts you know they're offering him plenty of money I think and they're just turning it down so it'd be interesting to see maybe their play is to look at free agency next year in an expanding market so when the more money will even be spent next season that is going to wrap things up for today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Thanks to Mary back behind the glass in the studio there for everything that she does. And stay tuned 3 to 6 today. And I hope to see you guys tomorrow at the Arizona Stadium for the spring game. And we'll see you on Monday at 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Thanks for listening to the Jeff Dean Show. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back Monday morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson. From the Casino del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. KFFN Tucson. KWCX Tanka Verde. KMXZ HD4 Tucson.